You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. These guys put feet to their faith. They strapped their friend to the stretcher with duct tape probably or tied him onto it. They grabbed the picks axe and climbed to the roof. Guys, faith takes initiative. Faith doesn't go home the same way that it came. It asks, it knocks, it seeks. Faith pushes, it pulls, and miracles will happen right in front of them. How deep is your faith today? Are you actively pursuing it, or is it just there? Well, in today's teaching, Pastor Dion is going to show listeners how the friends of the paralyzed man in Luke 5 took action. Because of their faith in Jesus, they took radical steps to encounter him. And as a result, their friend was healed. What area of your life could use a little more faith? May we have the courage, boldness, and passion to run after Jesus, trusting in him even if the world around us thinks that we're crazy. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 5 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles to Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to be today. Luke chapter 5. We have been doing a study called Encounters with Jesus. And we have been talking about, guys, during the ministry and life of Jesus, how he stepped into the lives of individuals. And so, um, you know, Jesus started his ministry with preaching. Everybody said out loud with what? With preaching. And when Jesus taught the scriptures, I mean, guys, the light bulbs went on. Uh, the dots got connected. And people got it. Whenever Jesus taught, they would say, aha, say it with me, aha. People would actually flock to hear Jesus teach. You know, Jesus wasn't stuffy and condescending and condemning like the religious leaders uh, from Jerusalem who were just a bunch of grumpy old men. Jesus wasn't like that. You know, they, every time they showed up, people would look at each other and say, fasten your seatbelt, we're going on a guilt trip, you know. But not when Jesus taught. Everybody say, but not Jesus. I mean, Jesus spoke with mercy and love and grace when he taught. Jesus used stories and history and parables and illustrations and humor. I mean, Jesus kept you. When he taught, he kept you on the edge of your seat coming back for more. But Jesus did more than just preach to the masses. Jesus didn't just stand up behind a pulpit. Jesus also stepped into the lives of individuals. Look at your neighbor and say, wow. I mean, here is the Son of God, God incarnate. And not only was He sharing a message of love and of faith and salvation, but he was also stepping into individual lives and connecting with people. He connected with priests, with housewives, with fishermen, with politicians, with people who were demonized, with people who were diseased. In fact, we've gone over various encounters of Jesus connecting with these kind of people. 
I mean, Jesus would roll up his sleeves and he would get in the trenches where people were suffering and dying. In fact, Luke chapter 4 and verse 41 says it like this. All those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to Jesus. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. Isn't that awesome, guys? So Jesus not only talking and telling people about God's love and God's grace and God's salvation, but actually stepping into the lives of individuals where they were, connecting with them. Did you know that Jesus still does this? There is no place that Jesus won't go and no person that He won't touch. He wants to talk to you. He wants to touch you. He wants to look at your neighbor and say you. He, he wants to, to touch you. So don't shy away. Don't tense up when he wants to talk to you and, and touch you. I mean, it was like God in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve sinned. You remember God showed up in the garden and said, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Jesus did the same thing. He came into our lives, stepped into our lives, and he said, hey, where are you? And sometimes we feel like he's, he's doing it because he wants to scold us. But he doesn't want to scold us. He wants to save us. Can you say amen? It's like a story I read in a newspaper about this lady who was in a, she had gotten out of work and she was driving on the road. And this truck, this big truck started tailgating her. And so she, you know, she got a little worried and, you know, she just, she switched lanes and it just kept tailgating her on whatever lane she went. So she finally decided, I'm going to speed up. So she sped up and went as fast as she could. And the truck would stay right behind her, right on her tail. And so she, she got a little disturbed. So she pulled over a little bit and, you know, started slowing down a whole bit. And so did the truck. So she decided she's going to get off on the next exit. She gets off on the next exit just to try to, you know, shake him off. By this time, she's scared. She gets off the next exit. And, and, she, and so does the truck. She pulls into a gas station, and so does the truck. So she gets out of her car, and she runs to inside screaming, help, 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 because she's by this time frantic. The guy got out of his truck, reached in the inner car in the back seat. There was a guy who was hiding in the back seat. He was able to see it, I guess, when they took off, and he pulled the guy out. Turned out he was a rapist. There was one on several rape charges. Here the woman thought this whole time that the man was trying to harm her when he was just trying to save her. And Jesus does the same in our lives. He pursues us and sometimes we feel like he's there to scold us, but really he wants to save us. And so that's, that's his intention. He wants to save us. And Jesus wanted the same thing. He was stepping into individual lives. Well, listen, after Jesus had been preaching all around Galilee and helping and healing people and touching them, Jesus decided to return to Peter's home. Because, you know, Peter, he had gone to Peter's house before, and then, you know, he, had, he, had, he told his disciples, you know, I want to I teach, I want to carry this message across all of the Galilee, around the Sea of Galilee. So they did that. And after they had done that for a while, Jesus said, let's, let's head back over to Peter's house. Well, Mark in his gospel said that it was noised that Jesus was in Peter's house. 
All right, so, so listen, obviously, someone got on the radio and said, Breaker 1-9-er, Breaker 1-9-er, anybody got their ears on? Just saw a Jesus convoy doing a double nickel towards Peter's house, copy. You know, it came out on the, on the radio, and, and, you know, by this time, Jesus was insanely popular. He was more popular than the Jonas Brothers and Duck Dynasty, if you know what I mean. And the crowds had squeezed into Peter's house. They followed him. They squeezed into Peter's house. I mean, Peter's house and yard was filled to capacity. People were spilling into the streets as they had heard Jesus had come because of his miracles, because of his teaching. He was attractive. He was so attractive, magnets were jealous. Let's, let's read it. Now, it happened on a certain day, as Jesus was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then, behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in, and lay before Jesus. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on a housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. So here we go. Jesus is coming back into Capernaum. They're headed towards Peter's house. They go in there. Jesus sits down. Now, amongst the crowd are not only believers, but the skeptics. And there are also these guys who are Pharisees who have been trailing Jesus. Uh, I mean, guys, while Jesus is teaching to this capacity crowd inside Peter's house, four guys come down the street carrying their disabled or paralyzed friend on a stretcher. Thank God for friends like that. Thank God. You know, some people can't or won't come to Jesus on their own. They need a lift. They need a, a boost. They need a shoulder to carry them. And so hopefully you have a friend like that. And hopefully you are a friend like that. The four friends, guys, obviously weren't very easily discouraged by the crowd either. You know, they were determined and daring and they were innovative to try to bring their friend to, in front of Jesus. These guys were MacGyver types, if you know what I mean. Each of them were probably carrying a roll of duct tape and a Swiss Army knife. These guys worked together like the A-team to accomplish a mission impossible. These friends climbed up the roof of Peter's house, removed the roof tilings, hammered through the dirt roofing, and lowered their friend in front of Jesus. Now, can you imagine the interruption that was caused when the ceiling tiles came crashing down? And then the face of some sweaty nutcase starts peering through the ceiling. Can you imagine? They had already kind of figured out exactly where Jesus was in the house. They bring their friend, thank God. They, bring, they want to bring their friend to Jesus. They climb up on the roof. They pick, they use their pickaxe and make a hole. I mean, this guy just sticks his face in there. Can you imagine just what happened on the inside? I mean, the people inside must have thought that they were under attack. 
It's the Palestinians. It's the Syrians. It's the Iranians. Oh my God, it's ISIS, they said. Take cover. But then along with the dust and the debris came a stretcher with a paralyzed man. And you know what he was singing? I get by with a little help from my friends. I can fly with a little help from my friends. <laughs> now, can you imagine Peter's reaction? All right, the crowd itself is just shocked. But can you imagine the homeowner's uh, reaction? Peter might say, what the? And I wonder if something slipped. Can you see Peter reaching for his concealed carry sword, ready to enforce the castle doctrine? Because it was the only doctrine that Peter even knew. Jesus didn't see an interruption. Jesus didn't see an intrusion. Jesus didn't see a home invasion. This is what Jesus saw. Everybody say it out loud. Yeah, that's a good place to applause. He saw faith. Let's read the passage. Here's what it says. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Let's read it again. What did he say? Man, your sins are forgiven you. It's pretty cool. See, Jesus didn't see that intrusion or interruption. It's that Jesus saw faith. Jesus saw the faith of the friends. Those men believed that if they got their paralyzed friend in front of Jesus, that He would heal him. They didn't just pray about it. They didn't just say, Lord, if it's Your will, make a way. Open the door. They didn't just pray that prayer. I mean, when they saw the crowd, they didn't walk away discouraged. I guess it's not Your will, Lord. Everybody say, no. No, no. Can you imagine? They're so excited to bring their friend. And then when they get there, I mean, the, the house is surrounded. It's, it's, the, it's spilling out over into the street. People are up against the house. They're wanting to hear. And these guys had it in their mind. They had heard Jesus was coming. Remember on, on the CB radio? They heard it. And, and they, they got their friend. And they dragged him over there only to find out, oh, it's packed. Sorry, bro. No! These guys put feet to their faith. They strapped their friend to the stretcher with duct tape probably or tied him onto it. They grabbed the pick's axe and climbed to the roof. Guys, faith takes initiative. Faith doesn't go home the same way that it came. It asks. It knocks. It seeks. Faith pushes, it pulls, and miracles will happen right in front of them because they did it. In fact, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said this, nothing worth having comes easy. Jesus didn't say it exactly like that, but it's close. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Did you catch it? Keep on. Everybody say it out loud. Keep on. Look at your neighbor and tell him, keep on. The Apostle Paul also said it in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 11, and we desire 
that each one of you show diligence until the end. And do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. I like it. Listen, people. Faith doesn't give up. Faith doesn't give up. Planning to be lucky isn't a plan. Sometimes you've got to pull out the duct tape and the pickaxe and get up on the roof. Jesus saw the faith of the friends, but He also saw the faith of the paralyzed man. The guy had allowed his friends to take him up the roof. Now, can you imagine that? The guy was all for, yeah, he might have even been the one that told his friends, you know, I heard Jesus is a healer. And I think the friends were like, you know, Jesus is a healer, dude. We, if we get you over there, it can happen. It, this, this could be your day. Let us take you. And, and he said, okay, okay, go ahead. So they carry the guy all the way there. But when they see the crowd, they could have said, oh, sorry, bro. They could have, but they didn't. They said, you know what? There's another way. You know what we're going to do? We're going to tie you down. We're going to take you on the roof, and we're going to break it through. What do you think? Because he's the one that's going to have to pay for it. He doesn't have a job. He can't work because of his par he's been paralyzed. He said, so what do you think? Want to do it? They needed faith from the guys who were doing it, the faith of the guy who's on the stretcher. Do you want us to do it? Do it. Let's do it. It takes faith. Because once we get up there, we're going to you know, poke a hole in this guy's roof, and then we're going to let you down. You know, we, we probably have to, kind of, you know, we don't want to make a big hole, so we're going to just turn you up straight up and then kind of let you down with a rope slowly and get you in front of Jesus. Jesus also saw the, the faith of the, the guys who broke into the, the roof. Jesus saw the faith of, of the guy, the paralyzed man. The guy allowed his friends to take him up to the roof. He, you know, agreed with breaking a six-by-three hole up there and that he would be responsible to pay. That guy on the stretcher was counting on being healed. Right? Counting on God is not just waiting and hoping. It's believing and acting. That's what counting on God is. Faith doesn't play it safe. It trusts in spite of the risks. And not just, oh, God, you know, just make it happen, Lord. Just, just rain the blessings. Here I am, Lord. I keep waiting. Get your duct tape and your pickaxe, guys. Get up, climb some roofs. Make it, do some stuff. Push, pull, you know, whatever you got to do. That kind of faith gets a hold of the Lord's attention. He notices and applauds it. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says this. Say it out loud. Faith pleases God. Say it. Faith pleases God. It gives Him something to work with. The Scripture says, Jesus saw their faith and said to the paralyzed man, Man, your sins are forgiven you. So here's the guy. They get him on the roof. You know, they put him straight up on the stretcher and start lowering him in. And you can imagine as people are, you know, choking on the dust and, you know, just trying to see what's going on. And he's coming in, strapped to the stretcher. Right? He's coming in. 
And then they get him in front of Jesus, and Jesus saw their faith and said to the man, your sins are forgiven you. Wait a minute. It's like, put the brakes. Wait a minute. The man needed healing, not forgiveness. Did Jesus miss it? Kind of like the preacher that had a, a healing line and asked people to come up so he could pray for him. A man walked up and asked if the preacher would pray for his hearing. The preacher, you know, put his fingers in the man's ears and he prayed a long prayer, a long anointed prayer, healing and restoration and a miracle. And then the preacher pulled his fingers out of the man's ears and asked, how's your hearing now? The man said, well, it's not till Monday. I have... The preacher missed it. That's not what happened here. Jesus didn't miss it. See, history tells us that the number one reason for paralysis in that culture was syphilis, was STDs. That was the number one reason for paralysis in those days. It's likely that the man had been paralyzed as a result of the vida loca. So, this guy likely was paralyzed because of his past, because of a lifestyle that he engaged in. So I'm sure that not one day went by that this man didn't regret his sin. Like the alcoholic that lives with liver disease. The addict that lives with hep C. The gambler that lives with bankruptcy. The woman that is, lives with an abortion. There's that regret. Regret. Everybody said out loud. Regret. This paralyzed man had lived with something worse than paralysis. You see, his body didn't move, but his mind did. And it constantly condemned him, reminded him of why he was in the condition he was in. He carried shame and guilt and regret. Another reason Jesus told him that his sins were forgiven was that Jesus wanted us to understand that our spiritual health is more important than our physical health. Sometimes we think that our greatest need is healing or friendship or money. You know, if I could only win the lottery or publish your clearinghouse, if I could all, that would solve all my problems. If I could only find a godly spouse, that would make me better. If I could get rid of this chronic pain or this terminal disease, then everything would be different. Jesus helps us focus on the real issue, which is our first need, which is forgiveness and reconciliation with God. It's because of that that Jesus said this, for what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That's why Jesus said that. He wanted us to make sure that we recognized that it was our spiritual condition that we have to be focused on. As we cling to the simple
You've been listening to Pastor Dion Cordova right here on The Simple Truth. In this series entitled Encounters with Jesus, Pastor Dion has been exploring the various ways that people interacted with Jesus as a person. They got to see him heal people, teach crowds, and confront demons. It's such an array of situations they encountered next to the Son of Man and Son of God. As you listen to these teachings, our hope is that you've been refreshed by something you've heard, realizing and appreciating things about Jesus in a new way. If there's something specific that stood out to you, would you let us know? You can call us at 505-753-4363. Once again, that number is 505-753-4363. We'd love to hear how this ministry is impacting our listeners. The Simple Truth is a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. If you're in the area, stop in and see us. We're here at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're excited to meet you and have you come join us for worship. You can find all the information you need at tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. If you'd like to hear additional messages from this series, you can do so by going to tmcalvary.com and looking for the media tab. Thanks so much for listening today and engaging with the one true God. We'll be back again next time with more from The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we stand.